with a look back over the weekend sport action. This is Full Time on KCLR. Yes, a very good evening to one and all on this bank holiday, Easter Monday. How is everyone this evening? Hope you are all well. Hope you had a very nice Easter and that you're all prepared for another busy weekend of sports. Had you the winner of the Grand Nationals Day? God only knows. I certainly didn't, but maybe you did. It was another winner for Willie Mullins. The man is on fire. He cannot be stopped at the minute, the Carlo trainer. Fair play to him. Over 4,000 winners. And I am Maximus, the winner of the Boyle Sports Irish Grand National today. So if you picked him, fair play to you and well done. It was an unbelievably busy weekend of sport. We have two-time All-Ireland winner Adrian Ronan coming on to discuss the under-20s and the league final from yesterday against Limerick. KCLR's own Robbie Dowling will be chatting to me later on about the minor game against Galway last Friday. Terence Kelly will be on later on to discuss Carlo's victory in the Joe Mac Cup, while Willie Quinlan will be on to discuss Carlo's football misfortunes. Again, you could say in the Leinster Championship while the victorious, some of the victorious Carlo Camogie team will join me live in studio later on to tell us all about their victory over the weekend as well but first we are going to go to the phone lines and the two-time All-Ireland winner Mr Adrian Ronnie Ronan is joining me this evening Good evening Adrian, how are you? Hey Martin, how's it going? All good now, I just need to turn up my headphones here a little bit to hear you a bit better. Uh, while you might be good and I might be good, it wasn't a good weekend for Kilkenny overall with many defeats. Uh, we'll start with the under-20s against Wexford on Saturday. Uh, what happened? <laughs> well, um, nothing happened other than uh, we, we didn't win. Uh, we have, as we know, uh, no divine right to win. Uh, and to be fair to the young lads themselves, um, no matter what team you're involved in, when Mark Dowling, the manager, got that job last winter, um, he was getting a very good bunch of players, as he thought, and he thought he'd have a full deck and a full house. And with the risk that there might be always one or two players may not be available, but the rules change in the in the under twenty. The GA changed the rules as a seven day window period, which meant Mark went out without three of his. Um, senior panellists, uh, namely Billy Drennan, Garo Dunn and Timmy Clifford. And then between injuries and whatnot, was short uh, possibly seven of the team that played in last year's under-20 All-Ireland. So there's where the, the issue might be when you're short six or seven players of the team that you want, no matter how good we think we are or how good any any team might be, um, you're always going to be under pressure. The guys gave a great account of themselves, as we know, in Wexford Park went into a seven-point lead or a six-point lead uh, with the wind in Wexford. Wexford settled down uh, and got into the game uh, in, and came at half-time a nine points apiece. And then with the wind in the second half, uh, were clinical with their goal chances, took their goals, and there we lost our form for about 20 minutes. And we did settle then the last five minutes and we got five unanswered scores, showed a bit of character, brought in a few lads off the bench, uh, who made a difference. So look, it's a round robin, the under-20 championship. It's not do or die. Again, when we have everyone back and we have most of our players back, we will be stronger. We will be better. Um, but it does put huge pressure on this group to try and get a result now against Galway next Saturday, up in Tullamore, possibly. Um, so, yeah, but it's round robin. We're still in the regardless what happens. So uh, it's not nice to get beaten. But as I said, when you're down those number of players, you're all under pressure. 
I heard your interview with Mark Dowell after the game as well, and he wasn't happy with the intensity level from between the period of the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes. He didn't seem to be overly happy at all at all with the performance in between that amount of time. I suppose the fact that the players were missing as well with him, does it go with the scheduling of these games to have the Under-20 Championship and the league final all on in the same week? The counties like Kilkenny and Mark is trying to prepare for an Under-20 Championship and he can't pick his best team because of a scheduling issue. Yeah, well, again, uh, we discussed it on air, Michael Welch, and, and a lot of people in the media box, uh, uh, the, the journalists and different people that were there, again, and it does put pressure. This split season is lovely for some. I'm not too sure exactly who it's lovely for, and it gives a bit of certainty to the club player, for sure. But as regards um, the inter-county player, uh, under 20 and senior, um, it puts serious pressure. I personally am a believer that an under 20 should play under 20, play your own age group, enjoy your own age group, and then take whatever comes after that. But play your own age group and enjoy your own age group, um, for sure. So the scheduling and the system doesn't allow that because of Kilkenny's progress this year. Kilkenny got to a league final, and they, and rightly so, Billy Drennan has been outstanding for Kilkenny at that senior level. And it would be very hard to come along to say to Billy Drennan that, uh, that during the week, say, right, Billy, you've been wonderful, you've been very good, thank you and well done. Uh, but we're not going to play in the league final. Uh, we're going to put you back with under 20. So it's nobody's fault under the system. And it's a pity and it's disappointing. But I do believe no matter who our team you are or who you are, um, you can't go out without seven or eight of your players and expect to get a win. Um, unless, as we said, the only team I know have done it in the last few years have been the Shamrocks. Um, uh, Club Hurl and Kilkenny. And even we'll get to the team, even this great Limerick team that we're talking about, um, short six or seven, they will struggle. Um, so look I think that might be the problem Kenny the only thing it now does as you said Martin it puts a small bit of pressure on that group now to get a result and get a bit of a form because you need a bit of confidence and as we know underage hurling in Galway is flying it so in Tullamore next Saturday it's a big match now and hopefully and I'm sure we might see some of those under 20s if not all of those senior panellists back uh, back in the panel and I'd say I'd expect that the Kenny under 20 team will be a change team from the team that played against Wexford yeah, well, it certainly would help if the panel members were back because albeit it might be around Robin, but the last thing you want to be doing is trying to win again Galway and looking for a result to progress later on in the championship as well, which puts an awful lot of pressure then on the players that's returning from the league, uh, panelists members as well. Talking about the league, uh, Ronnie, you were in, um, Cork and Parky Cueve had to think there for a minute yesterday. Uh, it seemed to be tough conditions for part of the game, but not the result Kilkenny were looking for. How did you sum up Kilkenny's performance yesterday? Well, sure. Like most people, I suppose we were very happy. The general public, Kilkenny supporters, we were reasonably happy to be in a league final. It was progress we all thought. We did play all our, all our one of our league matches at home. That was a little bit concerning. We did play most of our matches without the Ballyhale contingent, which meant we were doing well without what we would perceive a third of our team, possibly. So then when the announcement came at quarter past one that Kyle Hayes and Declan Hannon were no longer available to Limerick, that with Will O'Donoghue and Tom Morrissey in the subs, that meant that Limerick were down possibly five of their starting team from the All-Ireland, certainly four of the starting team from the All-Ireland. We had most of what we perceived to be our team. OK, some of our guys are gone travelling. Um, but TJ, outside of TJ uh, and Wally and maybe Richie Hogan, we had most of our panellists available. So at quarter past one yesterday, the general public, 
um, and the general texting uh, machines were working and the WhatsApp groups were working and people were saying, hey, we have a great chance here. We should be doing well. And not only should we be doing well, we should be winning this match now that Limerick are uh, down uh, three or four other players. We had a bright uh, opening 10 minutes when we went three points in, uh, into the lead. Limerick looked a small bit dangerous, but they needed Galan to get three points. Uh, two of them were frees. They did have a half chance. If we remember Tom Morris, he had a half chance of a goal and he pulled on it and drove away. So that was a warning sign. And then Limerick just got into gear. They were allowed to play the short puck out. They were allowed to get the overlap. They were allowed to get the extra man. And in the last 10 minutes of the first half, they got, you know, one that goal. Nash's goal turned the match on its head. They were coming back, but Nash's goal turned the game immediately in Limerick's favour. They got them seven or eight unanswered points. And it went in 113 to nine points. Uh, at half one thirteen to ten points at half time, and there was worrying signs again within the group of the journalists and whatnot in the media, saying like we were very surprised that before the game, an awful lot of the experts up where we were were given with no chance. We were kind of we thought we were doing, they were being very disrespectful and disingenuous to us, <laughs> but by the end of the match, we had to kind of eat humble pie and agree with them that they couldn't believe that where our optimism was coming from, and we got it so wrong as the Kikenny supporters, as, as Kikenny people, and as Kikenny punters. I put my hands up, I got it wrong. I thought I, got, I gave us a great chance yesterday, and I gave us a great hope, especially when they were down. But no, I, have, I think we have to agree now that Limerick are an awesome team, an awesome outfit, and they will have a very tricky journey in Munster. They can't keep it going. The only thing that we can hope for is one. I think now the journey for us is, uh, as any team in Leinster is, win Leinster. Leinster now is hugely important to win Leinster and avoid Limerick. Avoid Limerick as best you can with the presumption that we think we think Limerick will win a Munster Championship. They're going in as winners in Limerick as the number one team and then the Leinster Champions will win as number one. They'll avoid each other and I think that's the route that we have to take now because Anybody coming up against Limerick is going to find it difficult. Hugely they certainly difficult. are. I'm just going to bring you back to the, the point that you make it about the, the very good start. I mean, Kilkenny had several more chances when they made that good start to go three points to nil up. They had three or four more chances that they had that they put the ball wide. Now, they were scorable chances. If they had to take them and go six, seven points without Limerick scoring in that period of time, it might have, now I'm only saying might have, put a bit more pressure on Limerick but really they kept Limerick in it with the amount of fouls that was given away now to be fair to the backs they were under pressure because any time the ball was going up to the forward from what we were looking at it was coming back twice as quick to be fair to them Yeah look and it showed that in the Kilkenny team management changes they um, they held and played the same six backs that started finished so they believed as a, a selector of Derek Ling and his group they believed that the issues were up the field and possibly they were and from midfield up, we made the five changes. So um, the miss is for sure. But I just think at this stage, um, what we witnessed yesterday, I don't know what would have made a difference yesterday. Just Limerick team are just uh, unbelievable. They were just ready to click it at any time. And they weren't even in third gear. I think they played most of the match, probably, sorry, in third gear. They didn't go through the gears at all. They had serious amounts of misses. misses. Their half-hour line that killed us last year in the All-Ireland final, uh, were non-existent when they came from scores. Uh, Galan, or not Galan, uh, Lynch and Hegarty and Tom Morrissey when they came on, they played their part, but not from a scoring threat. Um, it was Galan and Flanagan killed us yesterday from the scoring threat. The one thing that I do think that we all forget here is, and we have to be careful, is Tija. 
TJ Reid, if you go back in last year's All-Ireland, you can go back in TJ Reid's performances for Kilkenny in the last four or five years. He's been our main man and we have to give him huge credit. He has been keeping this Kilkenny team ticking. He's our Messi. He's our um, tradesman or talisman. He, ha- he was missing yesterday. Now, as you know and we all know, he's 35 or 36. What can he offer Kilkenny? He still has a lot to offer Kilkenny, but can he offer what he's done the last five years? We need him to be part of the Kilkenny team. We need him to be back on the Kilkenny team because he gives us so many options from puckouts, from leadership, from passing and his vision and his brain and all that. So look, he's a huge player on our team, TJ Reid. And without him, we're not the same team in my no, eyes. Totally agree and, with you on that, yeah. And, and that's probably another factor. But again, he's the wrong side of 30 and we can't have him forever. But he's a huge loss, huge loss. I mean, he alluded to the, the amount of chances that Limerick had, 21 wides in total. Their backs, 1-2 from the corner back got 1-1, the wing back got a point. And even after the game, John Coyley said he wasn't happy. His side were sloppy at times. They had a lot of errors, especially near the end. And if John Coyley is saying that after a 2-20-15 point win in a league final, does God help everyone else in the championship? Yeah, and in his interview, he was very clear, very good, very calculated, and as I said, very calm. But he wasn't a bit happy about the misses. Um, and that's something they'll work on big time. And again, another message I picked up on the day um, where someone asked, when the journalist asked them afterwards about will they be able to enjoy the league final win? Uh, they weren't going to enjoy it the way some people might think of enjoyment. The way they were going to enjoy the league win was a cup of tea with their feet up watching the Sunday game or the sport <laughs> on Sunday. So these guys are totally focused, totally focused. You know, they're really going for, they're really going for the, the another All-Ireland and as we all know now, to be up there with one of the best teams of all time and look, they're a well-oiled machine, there's no doubt about it. But Munster is a minefield and it is a difficult uh, journey that they have when you see the journey that they have to have you know if you think if this was us they have to play Waterford they have to play Clare they have to play Tip and they have to play Cork now they're all difficult matches the only blot on our copybook here is I don't know what happened in the league semi-final what did Cork do because we thought Cork were very good in the league this year and they came up to Nolan Park and they just capitulated again us and we left Nolan Park two weeks ago thinking we were in a very strong position and I'm not too sure our Cork as good as what we are led to believe. So um, we went in, as I said, full of hope yesterday. And um, we just made a very well-oiled machine on the day. But look, we have to give great credit to Limerick. They're excellent. We have to get up, as we summed up in the, in the interview yesterday. We have to get up to the standards now of Limerick. And uh, we will get up there, but it's going to be a tough, tough few weeks for Kenny because, as I said, we're not going to learn anything again, Westmead. No disrespect to Westmead. We're playing them in two weeks' time. We're going to learn nothing. So we're going to be going in from now against a losing match against um, Limerick to play in Galway. So the next four weeks of Kilkenny trainings are going to have to be hugely um, important. They will be of huge importance because that Galway match is going to define our year. And I think it's hugely important now that we beat Galway, win the Leinster Championship and come out as Leinster champions. It certainly will. As the fellow says, only time will tell and we will keep a very close eye on how things are going. Ronnie, thanks a million for joining me and giving me the rundown on the both matches from the under-20s defeat to Wexford on Saturday and to Kilkenny's heavy defeat to Limerick yesterday in the league final as well. And no doubt we'll be chatting to you again in the future about upcoming games that's coming for both of those sets of players. 
No matter. Thanks, Martin. Perfect. Bye. Thanks a million, Ron. That was Adrian Ronnie Ronan, two-time All-Ireland winner, discussing all things under-20 and the league final from yesterday. Coming up, we are going to stay with Harlan in Kilkenny. We're going to talk about the minor match that happened on Good Friday against Galway, and Robbie Dowling will be joining me. So don't go anywhere. He'll be joining me after this break. Your Monday night sports show, full time on KCLOR with Martin Quilty. Good evening and welcome back to this Easter Monday special of full time. I was nearly going to say scoreline, but it's not. It's full time. Uh, and Robbie Dowling is part of the scoreline crew and he joins me on the phone and he's going to chat all things minor against Galway last Friday afternoon. Good evening, Robbie. How are you? Good evening, Martin. Good things. How are you? I can't complain at all at all. I hope you didn't eat too much chocolate now over the weekend. No, no, of course not. Too busy watching all the massive sporting events across the weekend. So, uh, not enough time for the chocolate marathon. Unbelievable amount of sport, Robbie. And you were in UPMC Nolan Park on Friday, keeping a very close eye on the Kilkenny and Galway Electric Ireland minor championship round robin game in Leinster, where Kilkenny came up again, the mighty Galway. Now, we heard Niall Berrigan giving an interview during the week to myself on, uh, full time last Monday, where he was, a bit sceptical going in after the under-16 results that they played uh, last year. Was he right to be sceptical? Did Kilkenny perform well or were Galway just that superior on the day? Well, he was obviously correct to be sceptical in the sense that Galway were, to use the word you just did there, Martin, they were far superior than Kilkenny really, particularly in the second half. At half-time, it was nine points to six, and Galway actually had a slight breeze behind them. So I was thinking these are two very evenly matched sides, and that if Kilkenny could find the back of the net, they'd have a serious chance of going on to win the game. But really, as it went on and as it materialised, you could tell that Galway were not just superior, but vastly superior to Kilkenny. And ultimately, it was a sober afternoon. Now, it is what it is, and they go into a Leinster championship quarter-final and hopefully they can go on and kick on. And if they were to meet Galway again, as Niall Bergen told me after the game, they'd be in a better situation. And they'd have this at the back of their minds. They'd know how to maybe correct the mistakes that they made on Friday evening and hopefully um, allow the forwards to flourish a bit more than what they did. But you would have to say at the moment, it's looking highly unlikely that Kilkenny are going to come out of Leinster. Uh, that is just to be frank and honest about it. It's not what Kilkenny supporters want to hear. And I obviously hope that I'm wrong. I desperately hope I'm wrong. But you have to be real about it. And I think Niall Bergen probably was. Galway are an exceptional side. And there's no shame in losing to them. I mean, I think if I do actually believe now that Galway will probably be crowned Leinster champions at the first time of asking, of course, because it's their first year in the minor grade. But I also think there'd be a hell of a team to come out and stop them going on from winning in All-Ireland. They just all over the pitch from Shane Murray in the gold all the way up to their corner forward are in Ireland and their bench as well they're incredibly strong individually they were probably better than their Kilkenny counterparts and collectively they just have a plan and an identity that other teams maybe don't have as well so you know you, you just look at Galway at the moment they're in the Leinster semi-final only a fool back against them making the provincial decider and from there I think they will win the Leinster championship and I'd actually tip them to go on and win the All-Ireland even at this early stage Martin. Do you think the pressure was off a small little bit Rob on Niall and the rest of the team knowing that they were going to qualify for the quarter-final that even with the result against Galway if it was as we know now a heavy enough defeat for the Cats they still had that cushion of going in for the quarter-final. They weren't knocked out of the championship. So do you think that's a good thing? And I know while you say they might not qualify 
and I'm not saying they went out to lose a game either, but they had that little bit of a cushion that maybe they saw Galway, that maybe Kilkenny learned more from Galway than what Kilkenny or Galway did against Kilkenny. Yeah, look, it's a fair point, Martin, and it was something that I think Adrian Ronan and Michael Walsh alluded to with the under-20 game at the weekend uh, when Wexford lost to Kilkenny. The fact is that it's a championship really in the name, but it's not the old traditional championship where if you lost the game, you'd be out of it. So, there is a fair bit of shadow boxing going on, particularly at the earlier rounds. But I don't, maybe that was partially to blame for it, if I'm being honest, which I don't think so. It was a largely unchanged side. There was only two changes from the team that defeated Antrim in the second round. So I think Niall Bergen has a fair, and his management team have a fair idea of their kind of first 15, 20 players. And that's what we saw against Galway again. So I'm not sure how much more could Kenny have to offer or how much they were hiding from Fergal Healy on his Galway side. So while I know what you mean, I think a 13-point defeat will tell you that there's a long way back, even if we were kind of keeping our cards close to our chest. And, you know, these players, in fairness to them, you know, there's no need to go in on them at all. They're only young and they'll develop into really good hurlers. Some of them didn't have their best game. They'll know that themselves. Some of them did turn up and tried their absolute utmost to try and get to Kenny that victory. But just generally at the underage grade at the moment, Martin, there's no shine away from it. We can kind of beat around the bush and say everything's great. But, you know, no All-Ireland at minor level since 2014. No All-Ireland until last year at under 20 level since 2008. And obviously at the senior level, we haven't won since 2015. And it's no coincidence all of these things are happening at once. You need to streamline players in from the underage grade into the senior setup. We haven't seen that. And ultimately, for a county like Kilkenny to be waiting for All-Ireland and all of those respective grades for the length of time that it has been, is really disappointing and I think it's not a reflection on the current management team or set of players but maybe it's a reflection on the planning over the last decade or so. Okay, so do you feel then that Kilkenny have the players going forward? Like, Can Kilkenny come out of the quarter-final of the minor championship force? Can they reach the semi-final? I know you said they mightn't qualify for the Leinster final but do you think they'll get over the quarter-final stages? And my second question is have Kilkenny got the players then going forward in the 20 to bring them along onto the senior grade to have Kilkenny up and playing and vying for All-Ireland uh, in the next couple of years? The first question, I think Kilkenny will make the Leinster final this year. I think they're the second best team in Leinster at the moment. I think if they if they play the winners, if I'm not mistaken, of Offaly and Westmeath in the quarter final, uh, so... And the other preliminary quarterfinals sees Kildare take on leash. So I think they should get the better of either Westmead or Offaly. Then they'd be into a semi-final. And I think Kilkenny can make a Leinster final. And hopefully they do. And they are a very good side. I'm not just writing them off because of one defeat. They're coming up against a Galway team who are absolutely exceptional. And as I said, and I'll say it again, there's no shame at all whether you're Kilkenny or any other county losing to that Galway team. I mean, Aaron Nyland, the corner forward, is just one of a number of very, very special players that they have. So I think this Kilkenny team can make a Leinster final if you were to look at it objectively and if I were to take Michael Kenny hat off, which is difficult as a pro Kilkenny man, as you well know, but <laughs> you would have to say Gal- Galway are the favourites to go on and win the Leinster Championship. And if they didn't, it would be a surprise to many. On the other side of things, again, I just think, you know, we, we can pretend everything is okay and everything isn't awful either. But we have to be frank about it because the only way to improve things is to have honest conversations about these things. And at the underage level, over the last decade or so, Kilkenny have drastically underperformed in comparison to what we've done traditionally. We haven't been winning championships, whether it be Leinster 
or all earned titles as much as we'd like. There have been occasions where we have won because we're always willing to Kenny. That's just the nature of it. We're an incredibly competitive county. We're the ones that everybody looks up to. But there's no surprise that Kilkenny are, at the moment, seemingly at senior level, a fair distance off Limerick because we haven't got enough young players through the lines that we have a, an incredibly exceptional senior team. You're not always going to get what you got in 2000 in terms of four in a row and every player in the position was probably the best in the country at that time. Some, you know, you have generations of players and things like that. But for Kilkenny, eight years out winning an all Ireland, you have to remember Brian Cody came into a job uh, in 1999 well it was seven, well, six years at that stage when he won it in 2000 it was a seven year way and that was considered a drought here on Northside and we had such an exceptional period uh, in the 2000s and the early 2010s that I don't think we're quite prepared to acknowledge that you know if we don't win the All-Ireland this year it's going to be close to a decade and for a county like Kilkenny it's, nine, it's a 19 year wait in Cork eight years or nine years for Kilkenny for these counties that's too long so we do have to look at the overall setup of things and say to ourselves, are we getting enough underage players into that senior setup to win all our titles? And the answer to that question, quite frankly, at the moment, is clearly no, because we haven't won any all our titles. So things do have to change at some sort of a level if we are to improve. And if we keep saying that they don't need to change or the way we do things in Kilkenny is always right because that's the way we've always done them, then we won't improve and other counties will pass us out. And that has been the case over the last decade. Again, it's a sobering reality, but it is the reality and I think it's important we treat for these things. Well, I think it's a debate that is going to linger on for a while longer uh, and no doubt you'll be part of it. Um, as always, Rob, thank you so much for joining me for your first time on Full Time with myself and giving us your insightful knowledge, as always, into GEA and things um, and for giving us the report from the match last Friday. So thank you kindly and enjoy the rest of your bank holiday Monday. Brilliant stuff. Thanks a million, Martin. Same to you. Perfect. That was Robbie Dowling there having a chat to us about the match last Friday and all things and some of the state of Kilkenny Hurland at the minute. Do you agree with him? Let us know. The dinner is ready. .ie. Contact line is open. 083-306-9696. We're going to have Terence Kelly on with us very soon to discuss the Joe Mac victory right after this short break. Don't go anywhere. Looking back over the weekend action, full time on KCLOR with Martin Quilty. Welcome back into full time with myself, 25 to 7 on this bank holiday Monday evening. And I'm going to switch our allegiances over to Carlo, where they were playing Kildare in the first round of the Joe McDonough Cup. And Terence Kelly was there with Brendan Hennessy over the weekend. And Terence, can anyone believe what happened in uh, Netwatch Cullen Park at the weekend? Because the league results would have put Kildare favourites and heavy favourites going into this one. Carlo blew him out of the water. Yeah, it's true, it's true, Martin. Even though I did say to you six or seven weeks ago, like, come the Joe Mac, we'll have a different team. But being totally honest with you, I kind of thought we might struggle to get a win. I thought they might get a win, but I couldn't envisage to be leading at 20, 20 points at half time and putting in that kind of a performance. Like, you know, they were, they were very, very good. So they were, like, you know, Carlo probably not as good as it looked on Sunday, but Kadir definitely not as bad as it looked either, like, you know, but it was a great day for Carlo. Uh, Paddy Boland getting a hat-trick of goals along with Conor Keogh in the first half setting Carlo up 4-13 to 5 points nice break at half time going in uh, when they play Kildare in the league game there was a 14 points of a difference and that was to Kildare but are teams now going to stand up and take note of this victory from Carlo because as you have been saying if they get all the players together if they click on the day and they take their scores 
they can do this and they're certainly after putting themselves in the driving seat now for the Joe McDonough Cup which you have in fairness said to you all along yeah, well, listen, it was kind of a listen. I thought that the car team, no disrespect to the players like that we had, like young reds have to be blooded, like, you know, and uh, on the day, things went very well for Carlo on Sunday, like, you know, I said, the face carry now next Sunday down in Tralee, and I think the carry game before, they were beaten by by a couple of points, and uh, they lost a couple of players, but I thought that was one of their better performances. But, like, last Sunday, you know, uh, the first 10 minutes, could they played a short game this from the goalie out to the corner back, back to the goalie, back out to the other corner back, and they got trapped about four times in the space of ten minutes. Now, you know, as I said, that uh, David Hurley is after having massive results. He's after uh, being beaten in one game out of sixteen coming into this, one draw and one defeat out of sixteen games. Like you know, he's after having massive results, and they have played very, very well. Win the Kehoe Cup, being beaten in the league final, but on the day, Carlo, like they were so passionate, like you know, the, the, like the forwards, the, and they were. Like they, were, like they were very, very good all over. Like they gave away very, very few frees. And uh, for Calera to get two points in the space of 23 minutes, you know, it kind of tells his own tale. Like, you know, Carlo were very disciplined on the day. And, uh, you know, Paddy Paul was on fire. Like, you know, he, he, you know, a couple of the goals he got were just masterful goals. Like, you know, but no, on the day, Carlo, like, the, you know, the harassed. The rest, uh, like the player, big time, and you know you'd have to be impressed with their performance. But uh, you know, as I said, it was a super performance. Like the midfield was exceptionally strong. Dermot Byrne and the Fiacre Fitzpatrick and the four Carlo forwards, four the same ones by the three, the fact of four seventeen. So that's something to be thinking about down the road. But you know, Chris Nolan added a couple of points, and uh, no, it was all around. It was a very, very good Carlo performance, and uh, they were really depending on James Brook for you taking the ability. I think he scored ten points from baseball. So you know, it was a big day in the office for Carlo Holden, and uh, you know, defensively, they hadn't too many problems either. Like Conor Aller and Paul Dyle kind of manned the full back line, and young Jack McCullough, new kid on the block this year, has fitted in very, very well. Like, but all in all, like it was a very, very polished performance from Carlo. 5.23 turns is a fantastic score to be putting up in any kind of a game and you know especially after the I suppose it was a poor enough league campaign for Carlo but they certainly hit the Joe Mack running from the word go you know they put their best foot forward and they now have Kerry coming up uh, is it next weekend or the weekend after um, they played one another already uh, there was only a couple of points in it you know can you see Carlo now going to Tralee and coming away with a victory and making a two from two well, I can. I can, like, you know, I kind of said the last day coming up for Kerry, like, you know, you'll, you'll always maybe think that you got a few wrong decisions, and I think there was maybe a few harsh decisions, we put it that way. And, uh, and uh, like, you know, we're beat by a couple of points, but I kind of thought coming out of Kerry, I wouldn't have that big a fear going back to Kerry, you know, and, uh, like, being disciplined is a lot of the battle here, too. Like, you know, you can't you can't afford to be losing players. And, uh no, as I said, I even though Kerry went up last one, that the Paddy Cranham got a, well, they got a victory uh, up there. So, you know, Kerry will be Kerry will be kind of you know looking forward to the game too. It's not two o'clock next Sunday down in in, in uh, down in Tralee. But uh, no, as I said, that's, um, if you ask me now about the game last Sunday against Kadir or the game against Kerry next Sunday, I probably would think that maybe the Kerry game was you know the one maybe was the easier of the two. I couldn't believe that Connor would blow Kadir out of the water as as you know as it turned out, but. It was a good performance. I kind of thought like they might struggle to win, but I didn't. I didn't see this coming. But you know, it's, you know, things are on high now. I kind of felt that the Joe Mac might be good to Carlo, but as I said, you know, one fine day don't you know don't make a summer. You have to perform again. 
Thomas Mullally made a bold statement a couple of weeks ago that he wanted players that was there to fight for Carlo and be committed to Carlo Horlan. Do you think with the players that he has there now at the minute, this, with the results that they showed at the weekend, that that statement is coming to fruition, that he has a right team going forward to win the Joe Mac this year? Well, they have, like, you know, they're still missing a few players, like, you know, Kieran Whedon was a player, like, very much, you know, and everybody lives, like, to make the team and to be one of the, you know, the leading forwards, and Kieran has suffered another injury, like, he has been played with injuries, like, you know, you have to have a certain amount of breaks, too, and, uh, you know, there's a, there's, we have a lot of players back that we'd like to have back, but, uh, you know, as I said, the word is commitment, and the word is, you know, they have to, they have to give, give 100%, and, like, there's no reason, there's no reason why they can't go down to be in Kerry. It won't be simple. It will not be simple to go down there, like, you know. But, you know, Kerry have to be boosted by their future at the weekend. But, you know, what Tommy Mullally and the boys are saying is true. But, uh, no, as I said, it was an exceptional performance last Sunday. I don't think Carlo was as good as they looked last Sunday. And I don't think that they are as bad as they looked either. But it's, you know, somewhere in between. And if Carlo can reproduce that kind of perform, like, and their commitment be as it was last Sunday, there's no reason why they can't go down and take Kerry. Bit of a surprise for David Heresy, do you think, by the, the manner of the defeat? Because the way things were going for himself, albeit that they didn't win the, the league title, they would have had aspirations of definitely doing well in the Joe McDonough Cup. And now they're going to struggle and they need to put in a good performance again, awfully, the next day. Yeah, it's true. Like, you know, just to play an awfully few games like the two with Offaly one day this year so far, and uh, Offaly beat him the last day in the league final by three points. You know, it is like, and David Heresy is like his CV was hugely impressive, <clears throat> you know, coming into last weekend. But, you know, they were outmaneuvered and, uh, like, the work rate of Carlo, you know, was probably the main, like, was the main point of the victory. Like, the work rate was unbelievable, like, you know. But you need a few breaks, too, and I think, like, Kaleo kind of parted their own downfall. Like, they short game and they kind of lost the ball playing around with it in their own full-back line, their own half-back line, like, and, you know, and that, and that had to be a serious price for it. But, like, it was the Carlos, you know, their ability, like, to attack and to attack, you know, the cause, the all those breakdowns. Well, Terence, thanks a million as always for joining me here on Full Time on this Easter Monday. Uh, and well done to Carlo and everyone involved. Fantastic victory. And let's hope, fingers crossed, that they can get the right result next weekend against Kerry and make it two from two in the Joe McDonough Cup and go far in it. And hopefully you never know, come away with the victory this year. Yes, and then before I finish, I want to congratulate the girls like on the Camogie victory. I thought it was brilliant. You they're, know, they're, brilliant. Here in stu- they're here in studio with me. <laughs> well, anyway, listen, fair play to them, like, you know, there's not too many All-Irelands coming to Carlo, like, but fair play to the girls, like, you know, everybody involved. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Martin. Thanks for having me on. No hassle, Terence. Well, they can hear everything that you're after saying, and they certainly hear that, and we'll be chatting to them very soon as well. So, as always, thanks a million, and best of luck at the weekend to yourself, Brendan, and the Carlo team as well. Thanks, Martin. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Perfect. Good man. That was Terence Kelly. Now I'm moving briskly along because time is flying away on me here this evening. Willie Quinlan is joining me on the phone line now to discuss the Carlow Football Senior Championship game with Wicklow. Willie, how are you this evening? Good, sir. Hi, Martin. How are you? I can't complain at all at all. Now, I'm in the presence of royalty here at the minute with some victorious ladies here have joined me in studio. Unfortunately, it wasn't the same for the Carlow footballers as the weekend going down badly to Wicklow, albeit that they did have some good spells, but the same old stories coming back to haunt Carlo, they just did not take their chances again. They didn't, Martin, and congratulations to the girls and to the, the Carlo hurlers as well on their victory over till there. Two great wins. Unfortunately, in Ockham, uh, it was a little bit different. We started off well, got a couple of points. I think we're four points to one up and seems to be in control. Uh, Wicklow kind of crawled their way back into the game. They got a point from a free. The goalkeeper actually kicked it and then um, Seems to be struggling, and we put it down probably to the the tough game they had the previous week against Sligo in the league final. That's probably still in their legs, such as the 
the Kildare hurlers that they seemed to struggle for 20 minutes at least and but Carlo took advantage of it and got to a four points to one uh, advantage but just couldn't hold on and just before half time the corner back came up to field Maliki Quinn and just uh, a lack of concentration I suppose in the back lane he sneaked in behind the, the full back and stuck the ball in the bottom corner and after that Wicklow never looked back they went in two points up at half time and they just pushed on and Carlo struggled to, to get their scores we were I think five points to one two or one three at half time uh, Wicklow were ahead but Carlo never or Wicklow never relished that lead, lead and they just pushed on got another goal and got a couple of points and Carlo really struggled in front of the goal which was uh, I suppose in the league game, we've been scoring the average of 12, 13 points. We only got 10 points yesterday, and 10 points is not good enough to win any championship game. Bad news for the Carlo footballers. You know, that uh, puts them into the Tolton Cup again for uh, this year coming. A lot of people might have thought that Wicklow may have been sluggish after their uh, league final defeat to Sligo. Um, and I mean, Sligo went on and they had a very good victory against London in the uh, the Connacht Championship there at the weekend as well. So where do you see Carlo going now in the Charlton Cup, Willie? Yeah, it's, it's it's going to be difficult to pick them back up again because, I mean, if you ask for any draw, you'd be very happy with Wicklow in the first round. I mean, the, you weren't playing Dublin, we weren't against Kildare or any of the, the top teams. I mean, I know Wicklow got promoted to Division 4, but we were on par with them. We drew with them in the league in Netwatch Cullen Park. So we were very happy with the draw, but it's going to be it's going to be difficult. They're still a very young side, barring, uh, you know, one or two elder statements. And I suppose Dara Foley being the oldest, and again, he comes up, comes, and he kicks four points uh, on the day. But kind of have been relying on Dara over the last couple of years, but he's with his freeze and he would have been getting seven or eight but Ushin McConville had he worked on and, on the Carlow boys um, he didn't give away a huge amount of freeze I think Dara scored, scored two freeze and two points in play but um, they didn't allow our our top players I suppose to get into the game and uh, we just struggled in front of goal like we have been doing all year it's going to take I suppose patience with them they are still very young listen to Larry Cruz uh, they're, they're just it's about working hard it's about uh, staying together they are a very united group uh, they do work hard together but something just missing in front of the goal we don't have that uh, I suppose elite top scoring forward that will get you 7 or 8 points in every game and that's something that we need to we need to work on maybe change our game plan a little bit that we do get more forwards in the scoring area because a lot of times when you look onto the field there seems to be one in the full forward line and that seems to be Dara Foley on his own and we end up playing high balls into him and you know, it's very difficult when you have two or three players around you and they're able to knock the ball down and just pick up the breaks. And uh, we found it difficult to get men in the scoring area as well. I suppose that's something we'll have to look at in the future is get more players into the scoring area that we, we do end up getting more than 10 or 12 points because it's very, very difficult to win a game when you're only scoring 10 or 12 points, Martin. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, I can't remember. I think actually it was even Brendan was saying it to uh, Niall afterwards that you really have to be hitting the 17 points to uh, to try and come away and win a football game. Wicklow had 18 points uh, at the weekend as well. So, you know, Carlo needs to be stepping it up a small bit to get that few more. It's just a matter of where the scores are going to come from. Willie, as always, thank you so much for joining me. I know it's not easy, uh, especially with the results, the way things are going for Carlo and the footballers. Look, we keep our fingers crossed and hopefully they can have a good run in the top. Alton Cup and uh, you know have a decent run in uh, and a good year this year and not to be finishing um, I suppose on a bad note as well after a poor enough league and that's the last thing that uh, the Carlo footballers uh, need so look we'll keep an eye on things and the Talton Cup and we will chat to you again uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks
Great stuff. Thanks, Martin. Perfect. Good man. That was Willie Quinlan there joining me and discussing all things of Carlo football. Right, we're going to do a quick sports roundup, then I have a quick break to take, and then we are going to be chatting to some victorious women who have, as I said earlier, joined me in the studio. Right, we're going to start with soccer, and first of all, Evergreen C beat Tullerone yesterday to win the Division 2 league, which means that Shane O'Keefe's Castle Warren finish up runners up, and Robbie Dowling, of course, is one of their strikers. He joined me earlier on, so they're still going up to the top division, uh, but they finish runners up, so they won't be crowned champions this year. In Camogie news, Kilkenny meet Dublin at the weekend in the minor All Ireland A Championship with a draw for the kittens will qualify them for the All Ireland semi final in a couple of weeks' time. While Carlo will face off against Kildare, and a draw will also see them qualify for the minor B semi final, and that game is at home at Kildare and a home for Kilkenny at the weekend. As well. In rugby news, good wins for Tullow and Kilkenny at the weekend. We'll see both sides face off in this year's Provincial Towns Cup final, which will take place on the 23rd of April in a Thai rugby football club. In handball news, there was All-Ireland victories in the under-21 doubles for Kyle Jordan and Connor Holden, who were both representing Kilkenny. They defeated Cork in the final. We also had victories in the minor A All-Ireland champions when Connor Doyle from Winegap and Noah Minogue of O'Loughlin's defeated David Considine and Mike Sheedy from Clare 21-10 21-9 to take the honour titles there in the ladies minor final Emer Barron and Una Duggan from Kilkenny defeated Hannah Grace and Emma Williams from Tipperary while Roisin and Dervila O'Keefe won the ladies junior B doubles final last night to add to their great success in the singles and the girls were the first doubles pairing to win in All-Ireland in the new handball centre right don't go anywhere I'm going to take a quick break and the Carlo Camogie team we're going to discuss a victory with them next Full time on KCLR, your weekend sport in review with Martin Quilty. Right, welcome back into full time for the final part of the show here on this Easter Monday. Where does the time fly? On my right hand side, as always, the brilliant Shannon Redmond is preparing her students uh, and they are going to be keeping it real from seven to eight with you here later on. And this week, Shannon is going to be talking about truth and lie uh, for the college year coming to an end. So that should be interesting with the folks there. Coming up later on, then Amy McLaughlin is stepping in for Owen Carey for Fully Loaded from 8 to 10 and Martin Bridgman will have Kjolanukt from 10 to midnight so keep it here with ourselves on KCLR Right let's go uh, we need guest mic 1, 2 and 3 because I have 3 very special guests joining me in studio I'm going to start with Peter Chapclear manager of the Carlo Camogie team Division 3A champions after beating Armagh at the weekend congratulations it was a fantastic victory but my god did you make hard work of it yeah, we surely, we surely did. Um, look, it was just a fantastic occasion. It was a, a brilliant win. Uh, it was a really, really tough game. Um, and look, it's very hard to get to a final. Um, but it's even harder to win them when you do get there. So look, every, every ounce of character was tested in all the, the panel and the girls. And just to come out the right side of it, it was just brilliant for, for all the panel and all the girls. So just delighted for them. Conditions were tough above in Jarver. I mean, I was watching it uh, even just on the the stream, and I mean the the wind from you could see the flags. Yeah. I can imagine standing out on that pitch. It was fairly strong. Yeah, now, to be was, fair, it was really deceiving because it was completely cross field, um, and it was you know it wasn't really favouring any team, and then it was swirling at times as well. So you, you might think you have the wind at one stage, and then you go against it. So it made it very difficult for um, for scores, and both teams had a good few wides. Um, but look, you know the game is the game, and all you want to do is win it. Um, 
um, the performance wasn't the best performance of the year by us by, by any stretch of the imagination but the character the girls showed um, especially when we went that point down with four or five minutes to go like they grounded out and it was just absolutely delight for them that they, they found it in themselves to, uh, to to push on and keep going and keep having the confidence and belief so all hats to off to them and all credit to them they deserve it Well character is certainly not lacking especially when you have a pair of sisters like Anna and uh, Rachel Breen sitting here opposite me Girls, whichever you want to come first, I mean, what, victorious league champions, you know, what does it feel like, you know, bringing home a bit of silverware in the year? Yeah, and it's a long time coming, to be honest, you know, we've had a couple of tough years with Carlo the last few years, so to actually finally win something, it was Just brilliant. pull that into oh, yourself a small good woman. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's brilliant, like, you know, the last couple of years, we've had some ups and downs, you know, so it's to get, to finally get a bit of silverware, we deserve it so much, you know, it's so tough to keep going and going and going, but, you know, it's all worth it now. A lot of work put in at the start of the year, Rachel. You know, you're not just doing this for the last three or four weeks. You're gone back training since probably last November, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely slogging it out. We, I remember we had a practice match against Kilkenny there and the ground was actually frozen solid. So <laughs> it's nice to be playing on better pitches and stuff. But no, definitely, like Anna just said, it's nice to just finally get some silver and all the hard work is definitely worth it. And it's only the start, so it's good to see. <laughs> now, come here to me. We know Carlo women are tough, right? But I mean, how tough do you have to be when... You dislocated your ankle two weeks before the league final and came back and played in it as well. I mean, how tough do you have to be for it? And player of the matches, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's unbelievable. Well done. Thanks. Uh, if you're honest, like it's easy, it's easy to come back and play. It's, you can get it strapped, but it's all worth it when you have silver at the end of the day. So, yeah, definitely worth it. Anna, it's not the end of the year. No. Uh, it is only the league title you do go up now into Division 2 next year to play with some of the bigger teams where you yeah. want to aspire to be oh, yeah, and absolutely. playing the, the best teams as well but obviously there's a matter of a Leinster Championship force to come forward and then the big one the All-Ireland Series yeah. as well well I think we need to take it one step at a time you know we'll take we didn't train this evening we'll train back Thursday and go at it again I think we have Kildare Leash first or Leash so you know it's it's there for us, to be honest. You know, if we just put our head down now and keep going, there's no doubt we can. This is the start. We'll keep going. Hopefully, win another bit. Chap, I'll give the last uh, words to you because we're coming up on time. I know you're joining me now on the podcast later on as well, so we can have an in-depth more discussion on things coming up. But uh, great victory, great bunch of girls. You know, looking forward now to the rest of the year for the Leinster and the All Ireland series. Yeah, outstanding group of girls. Uh, they've given everything from from since we first met. Uh, they've gelled really, really well together. Uh, lovely experience of a lovely blend of youth and experience and. Um, to be fair, I'm just absolutely delighted for them that they've got the uh, got the victory. They totally deserve it. Um, I'm very proud of them. And uh, as I said to you, it's it's absolutely what they deserve. And look, we'll enjoy the next, last couple of days, next couple of days. We'll get back training Thursday night, put our heads down really, really hard and really focus on that Leinster Championship and try and go as hard as we can for it. Well, congratulations to all three of you. you. I had Kate on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, a lovely girl as well. So, um, And you are the neighbours and we love to see you doing well. So brilliant. Well done. Thumbs up to everyone. And and uh, we look forward to joining your progress and you're going joining me now very soon over in Studio 2 but for the time being well done congratulations Thanks and uh, so well. Thank you. we'll Thanks, chat to you shortly right you can stay there for one second right don't forget there is upcoming games at the weekend Shannon Redmond will be here joining us later on the answer is no I have no soft sell tickets uh, whatever that's about that was going on during the day stay tuned you never know they might be coming on later on with Shannon and the rest of the crew but for the time being enjoy your sport during the weekend and I will be back next next Monday evening with full time join me as always but till then have a great weekend bye
keeping you in the game and in the know. Full time on KCLR with Martin Quilty.